Okay, so I don't know if you're familiar with this term. It's a new term that I became familiar with very, very recently. It's called decision fatigue. Decision fatigue. It's when your, your brain is completely and totally over having to make decisions. I want you guys to know, and I, I will ask that you personally pray for me, I absolutely have de decision fatigue. Like, 100%, I, I don't want to make another decision. Again, I have to, and I will, and that's like my role, my job, but, but I'm so tired of having to make decisions. I realized that I had decision fatigue just a few days ago. Um, I, I've had to make so many decisions in the last six months, as you can imagine, right? Big decisions, decisions that really affect all of us. Decisions about, about closing our in-person gatherings for a while. Decisions about how we're gonna operate as kind of an online uh, only gathering type thing right now. All of the content, we built a new website. We've, we've totally restructured so many of the things that we do. There, there have been decisions that have had to be made on all of those things, how the staff is going to operate, how we're gonna start working toward coming back together you know, in person and all of that kind of stuff. It's almost like every day, like every single day, I'm having to have a conversation with someone about a major decision that affects so many other things. And that's just the church stuff. I also have a family and we've had to make decisions about school and, and how are we going to do whole, the whole school thing with our kids because we're watching what school systems are doing and trying to figure all of that out as many of you are. We're, we're looking at all the things going on around us and we're having to make decisions here, decisions there. And I'm just... I'm a little over having to make decisions. I know God's giving me the strength to do it. I know the Holy Spirit's good for that. I'm just telling you, I'm tired of it. And I realized that, like I said, just a few days ago, uh, as I was making a waffle for my son, Judah. So the situation was really simple. I was on the phone and I was actually engaged in a, a major back and forth on a huge decision that, that I needed to make for the church. And so I'm, I'm on the phone doing that. And at the same time, I'm making a waffle for my son because I'm at home and, and he's asking me for a waffle. My kids, uh, I love them and this is okay, I guess, but they just have no understanding for the fact that when I'm on the phone, maybe just wait a second, that's not part of their thought process. So I'm on the phone and they're just like, dad. And if I'm like, hey, just one second, they just talk louder. They just go, dad, they don't get it. And so a lot of times I'm on the phone with someone, I'm also dealing with my kids. So I'm on the phone, I'm having this conversation about all the stuff that needs to get done. Judah wants a waffle, I make his waffle, and he wants his waffle a very specific way. He wants it with peanut butter on top and sprinkles. Uh, peanut butter and sprinkles, that's the way he likes his waffle. And so I make the waffle, I, I, I'm on the phone, I put the peanut butter on, I look at Judah, and I've got this little, this little uh, bottle of sprinkles, and there's a couple different colors, right? There's blue, there's red, there's white, and then there's, there's a mixture. I think it was like a, a 4th of July sprinkle package or whatever. And so I'm like, Judah, what? what sprinkles do you want? And, and, and again, I'm on the phone and I, I tell the person I'm talking to, hey, hold on one just a second, Judah, sprinkles, red, blue, white, what do you want? And he just can't decide. He's like, I don't know, dad, I don't know. And I'm just like, Judy, just, just pick a color. Just pick whatever color. I do, it doesn't matter to me, just pick a color. And then I'm, I'm on the phone with this person trying to, again, shift into a different mindset, talk about something church related, something kind of big. And, and, and then Judah, just what, just sprinkles, just pick a color, just please pick a color. And he wouldn't do it. And I found myself getting extremely frustrated by the fact that he would not choose a color of sprinkles. And I felt this anger welling up inside of me. And fortunately, I realized that I wasn't really upset about the sprinkles, that I was, just, I was just tired of having to make another decision. I think a lot of us right now are dealing with decision fatigue because we're living in a time that seems like, like it's becoming even more uncertain by the day. I remember a few months ago, you know, back in, in April, May, really believing that by the time we were nearing August, so much would be clear. I think I just assumed that by now we would have so much more clarity than we actually have right now. And what we're all realizing is that we don't have any clarity at all. 
And since we don't have any clarity, almost every single day we're having to improvise. Like we're living with, with an improvised approach to life. We have to improvise major decisions for our family, for our jobs, for our future. And all of us, to some degree, are probably a little bit over it. And what we would love to have right now is, is we would love just a, a script. Wouldn't you love it right now if, if someone just handed you a script of what the next six months was going to look like? If someone just came to you and said, hey, this, this is what is going to happen, and this is when it's going to happen. And even if the stuff in the script is like, ooh, that's going to happen, I don't like that, at least you would know. At least you wouldn't be caught off guard. At least you'd have some certainty. I think all of us just want a script. I know that I do. A few weeks ago, I was talking to one of our staff members, and, and he was just sharing a frustration. The same frustration I'm talking about. And he's like, Justin, please just give me clarity on exactly what's going to happen. Give me clarity on, on how we're going to, to, to move forward. I just, I just need some clarity. And, and I had to look at him and say, I can't give you that. I, I just, I can't give you that. And in that very moment, the, the Lord, he just kind of downloaded something in my brain. I often recognize when it's the Holy Spirit talking and not me because the Holy Spirit's a lot smarter than me. I'm just not that clever. And so I look at this, this amazing friend of mine who's an incredible, incredible part of our staff, love him to death. And I said, dude, God never promised us a script, but he did promise us a spirit. And at some point in time, we're going to have to stop yearning for a script to follow and just trust that we can follow the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will lead us just like Jesus said. God has never promised you or any of us a script, but he has promised us a spirit. And so every single one of us has a decision to make. If we're a Jesus follower, we have this decision to make. Do I, do I want a script to follow or a spirit to guide me? Now, obviously, I think a lot of us would just be honest with ourselves and go, a, a script. That's way simpler. I, I just want a script. But, but here's the thing. God just never, he never gives us one. It's just not reality. There's an incredible scripture that I've read several times over the years. I think I shared this in a message just a few months ago. James chapter four, verses 13 through 16. And by the way, I'm reading all of this off of the His Hands mobile app. If you have the His Hands mobile app, you can pull it up during the message. You can read along with all the scriptures. You can reference those later. So I really encourage you to download that, take advantage of it. That's what I'm reading off of. James 4, 13 through 16. This is the New Living Translation. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're gonna go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there. We'll make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we'll live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Now, if you know much about James, if you've ever read the book of James, the, the letter that James wrote in the New Testament, James is blunt. He is direct. He doesn't like dance around things. He's like, stop it. Like that's what James does a lot. And what he's addressing here is normal human behavior. I mean, come on, we love plans. We love to believe that we've got a five-year plan. And by the way, I see this in the church world all the time. I've, I've succumbed to this before where I'm like, I've got to start every calendar year with this very specific, clear vision for what the year is going to be like. In fact, I actually began the, the whole year with a series called 2020 Vision, which is kind of ironic. The good thing about that series was that I did say on the very first one that we don't have 2020 Vision but God does. But see, scriptures like this, I'll just be honest, I, I've never really believed them. Like I read it and in my head I go, yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. But there's this huge part of me that's like, yeah, 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 God, but still, like what's the five-year plan? God, I know that I don't know what tomorrow's gonna be like, but really give me clear vision for what six months down the road is going to be like. It's actually taken this whole COVID-19 uh, crisis 
and all the uncertainty surrounding it to actually help me believe this scripture. I don't think I'd ever realized that, that I actually struggle to believe this, that I don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like. And yet I've spent so much time talking about what tomorrow is going to look like. We don't know. We have not been given a script, but we want one. Jesus' followers, his original disciples, they wanted one too. And we have a really interesting example of that in Mark chapter 13. And this is probably the, the main text that we're really exploring this morning. Mark 13, 1 through 11. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. And Jesus replied, Yes, these are great buildings but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, tell us, when is all this gonna happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? And Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and of threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. When these things began to happen, begin to happen, watch out. You'll be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You'll stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must be preached to all nations. But when you're arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And so this is kind of one of those interesting scriptures where Jesus is talking about future times that might be kind of far off. And at the same time, he's also talking to the disciples about, about things that they were going to face in their, in their lifetime. And he says this really interesting thing, right? When they ask, hey, what's going to happen? Give us the script, Jesus. Please tell us exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Help us understand what's going to happen. Give us the script. He's like, no, 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 Here, you don't have a script. You know, some of this is going to happen, some of that. But then he says something crazy. And Jesus does this a lot. He says, hey, when you get arrested, and I love that there's such certainty there, you know, not if this, this happens to take place. He's like, when you get arrested, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words in that moment. Now, I, I think to some degree, we kind of like the sound of that, right? Like, oh, that's a really nice novel thought. Like, yeah, I'll just trust the Holy Spirit in that moment. But come on, like, let's be honest for a second. Let's just acknowledge that from a human point of view, that is unacceptable, that is completely unacceptable. Like if you were in any type of situation, any type of job that guaranteed you were going to be arrested, you would expect that person to give you a script to follow, to give you very clear, precise uh, instructions on what to do when this happens. Hey, when you get arrested, say this, don't say this, make sure that you do this, 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 and this, and this, right? If that's your job and you know that this is gonna happen, you want, you want a script to follow. But Jesus doesn't give them one. He says, hey, when you get arrested, don't worry in advance about what to say. Don't worry about the script. Don't even try to write one. Just trust that in that moment, the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Jesus talks about this so often. And we talk about this a lot as a church because this is, this is as crucial as any aspect of our faith. If you try to take out the Holy Spirit from, from the gospel, from the message of Jesus, you are literally robbing the, the gospel of its power, especially when it comes to its personal power to actually uh, create change in your life. 
Because we are told time and time again that there's nothing that we can do on our own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. John 14, 15 through 17, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He says, God's going to give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is who leads us. The Holy Spirit is the one who directs us. So Jesus says, look, I'm not going to give you a script, but I am going to give you a spirit. And I believe it's time for us as Jesus followers to really ask the question and make a definitive stance and choose one way or the other. Am I going to keep waiting for a script to follow? Am I going to demand a clarity that God never promises? In fact, quite the opposite. God lets us know over and over again that that's not how it's going to be. Do I want a script to follow or do I trust the spirit to lead me? Another way of putting it might be this. Do I, I want a script to follow or will I finally submit to following the spirit? If you have decision fatigue right now, if you're so tired of the uncertainty and all that's going on and you're just, you're you're grasping for that, what you're grasping for is the Holy Spirit. You're grasping for for a trust and a peace that comes from knowing that God is going to lead you when he leads you, that he's going to give you what you need when you need it. That's his nature. That's the way that he does things. That's often not the way we prefer he do things. We would rather him just give us all of the stuff we need in advance. That's not what he does. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever your situation is, whether it's directly related to all that's happening in the world or, or maybe it's very personal and it's completely isolated from those things, but all that stuff's just making it harder. Whatever you're going through right now, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is in you. If you follow Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, if, if you've never given your life to Jesus, then, then you don't, but you can. All you have to do is give your life to him. You submit your life to him and he promises to give you the Spirit. You put your faith in Jesus. You say, Jesus, I recognize you are who you say you are. You feel your heart stirred with faith. Then you give your life to him. You submit to him and he gives you what he promises. He gives you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And as you grow and as you mature in your faith, you'll begin to develop the ability to recognize when it's the Spirit and when it's not. God will never give you a script to follow, but he will give you a spirit to lead you. Now, before we wrap up, I want to just finish with a few really practical uh, ways to to discern whether or not it is the spirit. Because, you know, as I'm talking about all this, it sounds really great. Like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. I believe that. Maybe you're you're inspired right now and you're like, yes, Holy Spirit, lead me. Tell me where you want me to go. But, But maybe you're also like, how do I know? that it is the Holy Spirit or, or, or not, or just me, or, or it's, it's confusing. I get it. And I want you to know on the forefront, there's no like science to this. There, there's not a, a list in, in scripture that says, here's how you know the Holy Spirit. There's not a script, but there is a lot of truth. And so I just want to, I want to focus on four really simple things really quick. And then we'll wrap up. We'll take Lord's Supper together. Number one, you know, it's the Holy Spirit when it lines up with scripture, because the Holy Spirit is never going to contradict the truth of scripture. And so if you ever feel like, like you're, you're feeling led or inspired to do something, but it doesn't go along with what Jesus teaches, it doesn't go along with what scripture teaches, just know that that's not the Holy Spirit. That's probably your own thinking, your own emotions, just sort of uh, masking themselves. Sometimes confirmation bias is really powerful, and we would love to believe that our own thoughts and our own emotions and feelings are the Holy Spirit. 
And, and when we think like that, we can really get into trouble fast. We start attributing our own motives to God and that gets all messy. Uh, but if, if, if what you're thinking about doing, if what you feel led to do in your heart does not line up with scripture, that's not the Holy Spirit. I've had a lot of instances of that as a, as a pastor. Um, something that's actually happened several times. Uh, this is maybe really specific to being a pastor, but I think you can all kind of relate to this to some degree and understand is, is I will often have people, um, I say often, maybe like once a year, I'll have someone come up to me and they will let me know that the Holy Spirit has told them that they're supposed to have a position of prominence here at the church that I just didn't realize that they were supposed to have, which is always an odd dynamic. You're like, I'm the one that's supposed to lead this. And I guess I've missed it. And the Holy Spirit went and told you to tell me that I'm supposed to elevate you to this, this position. And anytime someone talks to me like that, doesn't matter who it is, even if it's someone I love and respect. And they're like, hey, I just want you to know the Holy Spirit told me that you're really supposed to like put me in this position. Um, nope, that's not the Holy Spirit. Because it goes against the teachings of scripture. Jesus talked in a parable and he said, hey, when you go to a dinner banquet, do not sit in the seat of honor. Don't presume to sit in the seat of honor. Back then, the way that they would, they would you know, arrange seats was very indicative of, of who was honored and who was not. And maybe we could kind of think of it like a, a wedding, maybe, where there's certain people that get to sit with the bride and the groom, and, and then there's others that don't. He's like, never, ever sit in that, in that place. Instead, take the lowest position and wait to be asked into the place of honor. Jesus said, so much better to, to sit in a lowly place and be invited into a place of honor than to presume that, that you're supposed to be in that place and someone say, hey, you need to, you need to move. And so Jesus specifically says that if, if we're doing what, what he asks us to do, that we never actually like, seek out that, that honor and that, that prominence, that we never ask for it, that rather we serve and at the right time, he will invite us into that, that he will work our way into that. We see examples of that in scripture, like Nehemiah, for example. Uh, the king says, Nehemiah, what do you want? And, and then Nehemiah says, king, th this is what, what I feel like the Lord is wanting me to do. And the king allows it to happen. But, but Nehemiah didn't demand that. He didn't tell the king, hey, you're supposed to, to give me what I want. He waited to be invited into that. And so I, I know that the times that someone has told me that, that God has told them that they're supposed to be put in this position of prominence, I'm like, that's not, that's not God. Because it doesn't line up with scripture. It so clearly does not line up with what Jesus taught. And so whatever, whatever you feel led to do, just know that it will line up with scripture. Now, very few of us are walking lexicons of what scripture says. That's okay. We happen to live in a time, well, number one, when I say that's okay, I don't mean you shouldn't know scripture. Know it, read it, study it, let it penetrate your heart. But also understand that there's a lot of it. And the great thing about the world we live in now is you can look it up. And so if you feel led to do something or you feel led a certain direction in your life, spend some time and, and find out what scripture has to say about it. Just even do a Google search. Hey, what does the Bible say about this? And read that scripture and let it sink in. And if it, if it stands against what you feel led to do, then pause and deal with that. So number one, you know it's the Holy Spirit when it lines up with scripture. Number two, get confirmation. Get confirmation. Have advisors. Have people that you go to people that you listen to, people that you know have wisdom and listen to God. I've got advisors in a variety of ways in my life. I've got a few specific people who have been advisors to me for a long time. And some of those are in very specific aspects of life, but, but I'll go to those people on a regular basis and I'll call them and I'll say, hey, here's the situation I'm in. What do you want? What do you think I should do? I've got people here at the church who act in advisory type roles. And, and look, when I have something that I want to do, and they're not in agreement with it, that, I take that really seriously. I don't ignore that. 
I, I stop and I pause and I pray and I reflect and I'm, I'm willing to hit the pause button as long as I need to hit the pause button when I know that there's godly people who are wise that don't stand in agreement. Get confirmation. Scripture says wise is the person who has many advisors. Understand that even though you have the Holy Spirit, no one, no one has a perfect filter. No one has in and of themselves the ability to perfectly discern what the Spirit is saying all the time. And it's good for us to have other people to run stuff by. That's very, very important. All right, number three. If it's the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be rooted, the decision that you're going to make, it's not going to be rooted in pride. It's also not going to be rooted in fear. I was talking to my wife, Megan, about this, and, and she's just extremely wise, extremely godly, really hears from the Holy Spirit. And she said, oh, if it's from the Holy Spirit, it will never puff you up, but it also won't put you down. The Holy Spirit does not puff us up and the Holy Spirit does not put you down. And so what I mean by that really practically is that, is that if you're, you're thinking about doing something, it's a conversation you want to have, a big decision that you need to make. And, and, and if you're honest with yourself, the thought that's in the back of your mind is like, yeah, that'll show them. Yeah, now everyone will see that you're right. Now everyone will understand that you really had it, you had it figured out all along. You're the one who's right. And if you do this and you say this, then everyone's going to really understand that, yeah, you're awesome and people will cheer you on. If there's anything in the back of your mind that's puffing you up, if, you're, if your filters and your thought process are, are rooted in some type of, of ego where you're like, yeah, and when I do that, it's going to be awesome and people are going to be like, whoa. If there's even an iota of that, it's not the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I boast only in the cross. If it's really the Holy Spirit, there should be a humility at play. That it's not, it's not like, oh, if I do this, it's, I'm going to seem awesome. That's not the way it's going to be at all. But it's also not going to put you down. It's also not going to be a situation where it's, it's fear-based. And so, for example, if I ever have this thought of like, man, if you don't do that, people are going to think you're foolish. People are going to think that you're a poor leader. People are going to think that you're afraid or whatever it is. I know that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't use fear to motivate me. Because perfect love casts out all fear. That's scripture. So when I have that voice in the back of my mind that's saying, oh man, if you don't say this or do this, you know, then, then people are really going to think that you don't know what you're doing or whatever. I know that's not the Holy Spirit. So if I'm making a decision that's designed to sort of pacify that fear of, of looking, looking stupid or whatever it might be, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's been really hard, to be honest with you, in this whole COVID situation. Because there have been times where I've said, hey, here's the way I think this is going to go. And here's the way I think that we're going to proceed. And then things will change and the data changes and the situations change. And I have to go through this process of like, yeah, but I said a few months ago this. Well, okay, I said that. But now things have changed. And if I'm too afraid to change course because I said something a few months ago, and if I change course, people are going to be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's, that's fear. That's insecurity. And insecurity and pride they're like opposite sides of the same coin. And it's a coin of self. One is self, it's self-congratulating. The other is, is, is something that, that harms the self or, or puts the self down. It's the same thing though, it's just self. It's selfish. One just puffs up, the other puts down. So if it's the Holy Spirit, it's not gonna be rooted in pride. It's not gonna be rooted in fear either. And finally, fourth thing, and this is something I've learned through experience, that it's, if it's the Holy Spirit, it should surprise you a little bit. If it's really the Holy Spirit, it should surprise you because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. He's just on a whole different level. And so in the times in my life where the Holy Spirit has really spoken to me, one of the biggest ways I know it's the Holy Spirit is I know that that's not my voice. Like I know that. I know how I sound. I'm the kind of person who can convince themselves, uh, themselves of anything. 
If I have an idea, there's something I really want to do, I can rationalize it really well. I can start to think, well, yeah, okay, that may not, that may not be the wisest decision to make. Um, but, you know, if you really think about it this way, uh, it, it can make sense. And in the long run, I, I can do that all day long. And, and I know what I sound like, and the Holy Spirit doesn't sound like that. I'm a very wordy person, if, if you can imagine that. Uh, I use a lot of words sometimes to say very little. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's almost always one sentence. Very short phrase. It's just, but it carries tremendous weight. It surprises me because I know it's not my voice. It often surprises me because I never would have thought of that. There have been times in my life where, where I had big decisions to make. And in my mind, it was like, well, well here's what I, I think is going to happen, A or B. And it seems clear to me, these are the only two possibilities. Am I going to choose A or am I going to choose B? And I'm sitting here trying to weigh through them and, and, and I'm praying. And I'm like, God, which is the one that you want me to do, A or B? And all of a sudden, C. And I would have never imagined C. I would never have thought about this. I would have never thought that this was even a possibility because the Holy Spirit, he's just on a different level. And so if it really is the Holy Spirit leading you, it should surprise you a little bit. It should be like, oh, wow, that's kind of counterintuitive. I never would have thought about it that way. I never would have pictured that. That thought that came in my mind, I never would have thought that because that's just, that's just not me. Now, where this becomes a real gut check is if the Holy Spirit is always telling you what you already agree with, that's, that's a, a red flag. If the Holy Spirit is always confirming what you already want to do, that should be a little bit of a red flag. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't sometimes tell us, yeah, go for it, do what you want to do. That, that does happen. But, but this, there's a phenomenon I've seen with a lot of people where they, they want to do this, and then they pray about it, and the Holy Spirit always tells them, always, 100% of the time, that yes, you're right, do what you want to do. And in, in my experience, that's just not the way it goes. Often the Holy Spirit challenges me greatly. In a, in a way that's loving and affirming, I don't feel like I'm put down, but at the same time, I'm challenged to think differently. The Holy Spirit's not, the Holy Spirit's not just like spiritual confirmation bias. The Holy Spirit's not just my own emotions uh, unchecked. And so if the Holy Spirit or your idea of the Holy Spirit leading you always confirms what you already believe, always leads to you doing what you already wanted to do, even if it goes against the advice of other people, and even if it doesn't line up with Scripture, that's just not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit should surprise you a little bit. Now, that is by no means an exhaustive list. The four things that we said is, number one, it'll line up with Scripture, get confirmation from, from godly people. It's not going to puff you up or put you down, right? It's not pride or fear, and it should surprise you a little bit. That's not an exhaustive list, but I do think that those are four, four categories, ways of thinking that help you discern whether or not it's the Spirit or not. But, but trust, trust me, in all of this, what we're really saying ultimately again is that you've got to trust the Spirit to lead you. If you're a Jesus follower, you've got to trust the Spirit to lead you. God is not going to give you a script to follow, but He's already given you a Spirit that you can follow, a Spirit that will lead you. It's His Spirit, His Holy Spirit in your heart, guiding you, leading you into all truth, just like Jesus promised. But it's time to believe that promise. And it's time to stop, stop fretting over the fact that you don't have the script and just trust that God's going to give you what you need when you need it. So, so listen, pray, be attentive, have a, have, have a mindset where you just let God know that, hey, God, you have my permission. Not that he necessarily needs it, but he likes it. You have my permission to interrupt my thinking and have me change course at any moment in time. You have my yes. I will do what you lead me to do. And I'll make sure, Lord, that I check it. I'll make sure that I check scripture, that I, I get godly counsel. But Lord, I'm open. If I think I should go left and you tell me right, I'll go right. If you think I should go right, if I think I should go right and you say left, then I'll, I'll go left. 
If that's the posture of your heart, if that's sort of the, the humility that you're operating in with God, you're going to be good. Because even if you get it wrong, even if you go left and you were supposed to go right, God loves you so much that he's going to let you know that. And he's going to give you a chance to course correct. He's good like that. So trust the spirit. Stop waiting for a script. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for, again, this opportunity to talk about who you are and, and what you promise us. And Lord, I just pray in your name that you would, you would give all of us the faith that we need to trust your spirit, to trust the leading of your spirit. Lord, give us the humility to check ourselves and to make sure that, that when we say it's, it's you telling us to do something, it's you giving us a sign that it's not just us looking for what we already want, to satisfy our own desires, to be selfish, even if it's kind of sneaky sometimes, Lord. Just give us that ability. We love you, Jesus. We can't wait to, uh, to come together again. We're open-handed, Lord, with whenever that needs to be. We're, we're trusting you to lead us and guide us through that. And Lord, tonight, I just pray that as we worship you and as we all pray together, watching online, that, uh, that it's really powerful and that we're all, we're all stirred and, and moved and, and, and we all grow through it, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen.